Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. My name is Luis. And I'm Scott. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's get started. Hello, listeners. Today's episode is a continuation of an interview with Jeff Vanderstelt. Last episode, we did part one of the interview. This week's episode is part two. So we're jumping into the conversation picking up where the last episode left off. We begin this episode with myself and Luis responding to Jeff in the conversation about missional communities. Our conversation now shifts into emotional health and the dreams of the Simple Church Collective. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy part two of the interview. want to sit on one idea because you mentioned it earlier um but you mentioned uh emotional health and mental health of leaders earlier and then you talked about having healthy leaders right now it's one of your five things so if we could sit on that for just a moment how do you think we get healthier leaders like how do, how do leaders become healthier um and how can we like continue to develop healthy leaders? So leaders that are already leaders, how do they become healthy? And then how do they grow healthy leaders? Yeah, I mean, that's a very big question. Um, I'll try my best to answer it in the time we have. <laughs> no um, I mean, first of all, leaders have to admit they're not healthy, which usually means they need to have some people around them that are willing to tell them the truth. Uh, the, the, the encouragement I've been giving leaders lately is, Find a few people that you really trust and ask them this question, what's it like being on the other side of me? And you might want to start with your spouse and your kids because <laughs> they know the most. And if you're willing to ask that question, you're going to find out things that you probably, people have tiptoed around, uh, aren't telling you the truth about. Uh, so I think you got to have a trusted group that are willing to tell you the truth about yourself. And you have, to, you have to be willing to admit, I probably am not as healthy as I might think I am. Um, most often it takes a leader hitting a wall, unfortunately. Uh, the thing I love about church planners is they hit a wall right away because they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, in a lot of ways, they're more needy and more willing to get the help if they're open to it. Now, there's a bunch of cavalier, like Mustangs or Stallions out there who think they need nobody. And they'll, they'll find out later they do need people. But like Luis and Melissa and others are like, no, we need help. We want people in our yeah, life. Sure. And, and that's a, yeah. that's a, a brilliant thing. I mean, that's beautiful. That's exactly what, that's why I'm spending time with them. Because that's mm-hmm. where you start, saying, we know we need help. So mm-hmm. I think you got to start there. And then, uh, then I, think, I think there's a variety of things up. you got to get after. And that is, um, you're probably, probably going to need someone who's much further ahead of you and done their yeah. work mm-hmm. to walk with yeah. you uh, through a journey. Which is what I did this last 18 months, I have met with somebody once a week who has gone under the hood of my emotional life and, man, helped me see stuff that I probably didn't want to see. Uh, but, man, I am I am a different man because of it. And, and I'm not done. I won't be done until right. Jesus comes, no. but I'm way healthier yeah. than I was before. Uh, so I think there's going to probably have to be that level of intentionality and then I think we have to change the scorecard as well, because unfortunately, most of the scorecard of the present church is actually fueling a narcissistic codependent leader. 
Break so that, that down. Break that down. Okay. Jeff. So so right now, most churches want one guy or woman, mm-hmm. but one person that they can kind of lift up and vicariously live through that person's identity and their persona. And they get a, a lot a sense of identity by having the guy or woman that everybody wants to listen to, or everybody wants to come here. And then we put them up on a platform, and we, you know, in many cases, even in my case, like put them on a screen, and like, so what? What do we do? We we fuel the narcissism of it's all about me, and mm. and and so and then unfortunately we fuel the codependency, which is I'm really good if you're really good with me. That's co- That's the heart mm. of codependency. It's like. I'm only good if you're good with me, which means I play to the audience. Now, all of a sudden, and the way we just set up church is like you have an audience, you have a communicator. It's like a program that you want people to come back to and applaud and want more of. That just feeds a narcissistic leader in a codependent community that says, I know that if I continue to need you, you will want me. And so the idea that I would raise up a disciple who doesn't need me someday is contrary to the very method of what we've set in place. Like, I need you to keep needing to come back to Sunday because that's mm-hmm. how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. But if, I don't, if you don't need that anymore, what's going to happen? People are going to mm-hmm. spread out and not need Sunday, or at least not need me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we haven't said that that's success. We've said that's a right. failure. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. all of that plays into this, this mechanism that I think if we aren't willing to, and I'm not saying big's bad, and I'm not saying gatherings are bad, and, but I'm right. just saying, like, if we, if we don't celebrate people leaving because they don't need you anymore, mm-hmm. then we feed the narcissism that I, and codependency that I always need to be about me and you needing it. So there's a, that's a structural, systemic problem that needs to be addressed in all of this. And then I would say there's one last thing, and that is, we already said it, how you measure what a healthy disciple looks like, yeah. which is, love for one another. And, and you said it, Luis, it's love for those who persecute you. And the way that Jesus measured love is that you'll love your enemies, that the maturest people are those who can love those who hate them. That's the maturest disciple. Uh, Dallas Willard has, and Jim Wilder have done work on this in the book called Renovated. Uh, and they basically say if, if maturity is love God, love neighbor as self, that's what Jesus said everything's about. Then they said the height of maturity, in terms of the height of being most Christ-like, is loving your enemy like Christ loved you at the cross. That's right. So if that's what it is, you've got to be unbelievably emotionally healthy to love those who hate you. Yeah. That's, that's not just about an intellectual thing that i got to work out in my head. I've got to have so much emotional health to love somebody who's going to potentially destroy my life and still mm-hmm. love them. Like that's emotional, healthy uh, people. So, and that, and now I'll say this last thing and I'll stop. The only way you get there, I said this before, is that you have to be in an, in a, a, an environment that is loving. The way you heal, because you were broken in relationship, that's how you were broken. You were broken through relationship growing yeah. up. And even now, the only way you heal is in relationship. You don't heal by reading a book. You heal by being with people who give you the confidence again that you might be able to trust somebody. Yeah. But the only people that you're going to be able to trust like that are people who will love you even if you're an enemy. Mm. That's the safest place, is people who love you even though you're their enemy. And then as you're their brother or sister, it's even more remarkable. Right. 
So that that's the work ahead is leaders got to acknowledge it. They probably got to get help. We have to recognize where the system is creating it, continuing to perpetuate unhealth. And then we got to realize that we've got to create new ways of forming disciples and even defining what health looks like. Yeah, I think that's that's a big conversation. And I think I'm hearing more and more people willing to have that conversation, which is like for me, like a huge blessing, like more and more people willing to check out therapy, you know, more and more people willing to check out counseling. Uh, I was on a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago where counselors are really overwhelmed in this season because it's hard to get an appointment because everyone is saying, man, it, we've, we've kind of hit, you know, uh, a wall to use the same language and, and and we need some help kind of working through that spiritual direction. Even our local denominational offices are going to bring on two spiritual directors, uh, to help leaders in, in our, we just learned about that, uh, earlier this week. So that's, that's a huge blessing. I think that's only going to bless the church moving forward. Yeah, Yeah. I think not only is that the case that they're overwhelmed don't have any room to add more clients, but the church has not been equipped to know how to to be that kind of place. So I I do believe we have work ahead of us to train up everyday people, not to be professional counselors, because like I I needed I needed that, right? And a lot of us do need that. Me too. I love I love therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I continue to see see somebody. But but I also know that if the church were increasingly growing in being able to do this with one another, then yeah. counseling offices wouldn't be as filled as they presently are because we'd be raising people up into health and, and, and through health, and they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't hit as many you know, devastating walls as they're, they're hitting these days. So, mm, Cool. Hey, so let's kind of start landing the plane here. It's been really good having you here, Jeff. Um, lastly, kind of just talk to us a little bit about uh, your relationship with the Simple Church Collective. I know it's you know it's in its nascency stages. We're at the very beginning. You know, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Uh, what are you? What do your prayers look like for the work that we are trying to do together right here in? Uh, the greater Seattle area and launching this disciple making movement. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say this um, as a kind of a summary of all that we've talked about. All that we've talked about is the reason why I'm convinced simple church approach, micro church approach, missional community approach, whatever you want to call it is the way forward. Cause you don't remain unhealthy and not get noticed in a simple church. Like you just, Someone's right. going to go like, okay, yeah. we're all dealing with you every week. Can we right. help you, <laughs> right? But they can hide out in a big church and never right. have yeah. anybody notice that they're unhealthy. So I not only do I believe it's necessary for what we just talked about, I also believe it's necessary for the present mission field we're in because people just distrust the church at large mm-hmm. in terms of the yeah. the the building, the structure, the programs, that aspect the, of it. The institutional. The institutional aspect, aspect, of, aspect yep. of it, yeah. As yep. well as the leader who wants to keep getting a platform and a followership. Right. That's becoming more and more questioned in our context. Uh, and then third, I just think we're in a, when we talk about our region, this right. particular area, it's, I mean, they don't, they're not going to go to church, man. They're just not, non-Christians are not asking, how could I find a church that I could go to on Sunday? That's not at all in their mind, but they do want friendship. They are lonely. They, they need people who will walk with them through the pain and challenges of life. 
And so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm just super excited about what you're, you and Melissa and others are doing, Luis, with the simple church approach. And my commitment is to, to be, Lord willing, a fathering presence in that with you guys, to, to pour into you, to encourage you, to, you know, I, in this stage of my life, I want to I wanna, I wanna prop others up. I want to help mm. others get to experience God, use them in remarkable ways. And I get great joy out of just kind of getting to encourage and equip and step back and watch somebody yeah. else get to, to play a lot more these days. I still want to be on the front line of mission because I never yeah. will stop that. But yeah, I'm eager to be a part of what God's doing here. I pray someday we're going to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of simple churches scattered yep. throughout the whole region. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that will be one of the means we actually see gospel saturation happen is through yeah. the simple church approach and what you're doing. And so I'm deeply committed to you guys, eager to be a part of it in whatever way the Lord will have me do it. Um, yeah. wanna, I want to deposit what I, he's given me into a next generation of leaders, hopefully. We're so grateful for that. There's going to be, you know, Lord willing, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people that are going to benefit from the work. I think yesterday on our, you know, you know, Zoom call that we had, you said pioneers. Pioneers often take the wrong way multiple times, you know. And the simple church approach was actually a pivot, you know, brought on by the Spirit and by COVID because we were going to plant a prevailing church model on yeah. Sunday. And then the Lord was like, hey, what about this? And so mm. we're so grateful. The Simple Church Collective is a, a beautiful experiment in disciple making right here in the greater Seattle area. And we're glad yes. to have fathers and mothers like you uh, uh, on board. And, and we're grateful, you know, that we get this opportunity moving forward to, mm. to you know, engage in this experiment. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, last thing. Is there any last parting thoughts you have for our listeners? And then if they wanted to learn more about you and what you're doing, maybe Saturate, Soma, how could they uh, look you up? How could they find more information uh, and maybe stay connected to what you're doing? Yeah, some parting thoughts. Um, first of all, to the listener, uh, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's really important. Uh, we, we tend to go like, oh, no, you shouldn't love yourself. You know, you, you're supposed to deny yourself, take up your cross. All that's true. Deny yourself, take up your cross. But that denial of self doesn't mean hate yourself. It means take care of yourself <laughs> yeah. so that you can give yourself away in a way that helps people. If you're, if you're not healthy, if you're not abiding with Christ, if you're not growing in maturity, if you're not taking care of the needs of your own soul, you have nothing to give people. And therefore, you, there's no missional life to give <laughs> or to live. So take seriously your own soul and, and abiding in Christ and growing in immaturity. And if you need help, get help. And don't do it alone. Get into a community of people who are devoted to the same thing uh, so that you can grow up into a healthy version of what Jesus intended you to be. And then you will be able to love your neighbor as yourself because you will only love others in the way that you've received love from God and grown up in Christ. It'll always be an outcome of what's happened inside of you. So start there. That is the most important thing. That's not selfish. That's self-giving. Because when you take care of yourself, you can give yourself away. Uh, so Someone that said self-care. Some sorry to cut you off. Someone said self-care is not selfish. 
That's right. Self-care is not selfish. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So I'd say take care of yourself in such a way that you have something to give. Second, don't do it alone. I hope you're hearing that really clearly in this. Yeah. Uh, make sure there's some people who really do know you, love you, care for you, will walk with you. We'll learn how to love each other, even when it feels like we're enemies at times, because that sometimes happens in the church. <laughs> it's not always easy. Mm. That's why we're given the ministry of reconciliation, because we would have to be reconciled to one another at some point. Um, yeah. So do it with people that are willing to do that. And then I would just say, take Jesus at his word, man. When you read the Gospels, when you read Luke's account of what Jesus continued to do through the account in Acts, it's, it's remarkable. Like, who doesn't want to be a part of that? If you have the Spirit of God in you, you want that life. And so don't let someone tell you it's less than that. Don't let someone come along and say, yeah, well, that's what happened in the first 100 to 200 years of the church, but that's never going to happen again. No way. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still doing that work all over the world. Unfortunately not. We're not seeing as much of it here. But I think it's because we're not taking him at his word. We're not believing what the scriptures say he will do through his people. So believe him and then step out in faith into that. If you want to find out more about what we're doing, saturatetheworld.com is kind of where a lot of our resources are. Uh, we're also, you know, part of the Soma family of churches, and you can look up, up that at wearesoma.com. And then personally, me is just at Jeff Anderstelt if you want to follow Twitter or Instagram. So um, anyway. It's great to be with you guys, and it's our heart to serve you. So I'm privileged to get to do it through things like this. But we're so grateful. Thank you for the deposit that you're putting, you know, in Melissa and I and in the Simple Church Collective and in the, uh, you know, greater Seattle area church and in the church in the world. I know so many people that have been blessed by you, your ministry. And I only think it's going to get better because of the work that you've been doing in the last 18 months that soul work and we've you know yeah. we've talked about that offline and and i'm excited about what the future holds for us uh you know we're kind of kind of like what is jesus gonna do what's he gonna be you know like he's given us this crazy grace right now we're at this beginning where we're trying to figure this out but we know that jesus loves people right and cities are full of people and that if we teach people to love people the Jesus way, then there's going to be transformation and that people are going to meet uh, the Jesus of the Gospels. And so we're grateful to have you yeah. on board with us, Jeff. Thanks again for joining us right here on Keeping It Simple. Uh, peace, brother. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.